Thank you, Chris. Um, I wonder, uh, Alex, is the last verse of that song there, it says 27 million, are you joking? Is that typed in? Could that come up of Matt Rebbin's song? It's not there. Okay, the most important verse, missed, we've missed it on every service today. It says this, this is what it finished with. 27 million, are you joking? How did we let evil get so tight a grip? Watching while the world falls apart. How did we even let this stuff begin? We're not bothered if this offends, because you've got people that can defend. I'm not the one to do this, am I? I should get Nat to do this. You've got a better voice than me. Um, but they ain't got that. They've got nothing. Sometime we've got to stand for something. Let this be the stand that gets your blood running. Little girl, don't cry. And, and what Matt Redman and LZ7 are doing is basically they're saying... Come on, let's try and put an end to this. Let's try and put an end to sexual slavery, at least in this country, and this is going out abroad as well. This is going out nation- worldwide uh, through iTunes. So this isn't a Christian song. We're not about to start singing it in church. It's not a worship song. It's a song to get in the charts to make a noise about. 99p to download it. Someone told me this morning you can download them for 89p on Amazon. So if you're really broke, you can download for 89p. But it, it, the, the, thing is, the thing is, if you will download it, if you will play it to your friends and they will download it, within a couple of weeks, those of us who are able could be making a noise in the right place because the words of the song speak for themselves as we get to this nation, we pray, and those who have uh, some sense of... Um, Uh, power or authority to make a difference so um, please do look out for that that's going to be released uh, a week uh, tomorrow and I want to encourage you uh, to think about getting that okay I I I wonder how many of you here are on Facebook hands up if you're on Facebook okay that's nearly everybody let's just hands up if you're not on Facebook there's a few there's a few not on Facebook surprising um did you read this week that Mark Zuckerberg, 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 uh, the principal owner, is set to become a $28 billionaire uh, when uh, Facebook is floated on the American Stock Exchange? He is um, uh, the guy who got it going at the very beginning, and there are uh, currently 800 million users of Facebook. That's extraordinary, isn't it? 800 million users of Facebook around uh, the world. And what it shows is how we love to connect. Now, I need to do another little survey. How many of you are on Facebook, but you're still not quite sure how it works and how to use it? Just raise a hand if that's you. Oh, there are quite a few here as well, yeah. That's the thing. We're, I, I, I'm, I've got a Facebook account. Is that what you call them, an account? I've got a Facebook account. And um, I'm still not quite sure how to use it. We were having a conversation at the lunch table today in the Melluish household. And um, uh, I've, I've got just over a thousand friends on Facebook. It's marvelous, isn't it? I've got no idea who they are. <laughs> That's such fun, isn't it? I've got all these friends. They're friends. But I don't know who they are. I don't, like, you know, I've got people who I went to school with who I've connected with. That's quite fun. Now we still don't speak to each other. We're, we're, we're friends on Facebook. You know, is this, is this other world in which we live that we suddenly think 
Well, we're friends. We're friends. So, you know, we're friends. I, I, I was encouraged to get a Twitter account. That's the thing I was, I was told by certain people here. That this is what you should do, Mark. You need to get a Twitter account. So um, uh, it was set up for me. So I got a Twitter account. I was so scared of it for a week, I didn't write anything. thought, what do you do with this thing? How do you use it? I mean, how do you connect with people on it? Then I started writing on it, you see. Now I've got over 600 followers. I'm thinking, who are they? I've got no idea who they are. I know my friend Matt Redmond's one of them. We talk to one another on it. That's a very good word, talking to each other. But we could have texted. We could have phoned. We could have spoken. Now we Twitter one another. Tweet. You tweet one another, don't you? We tweet one another on Facebook. No, not on Facebook, on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not very good at this stuff. But the thing is that social media has grown at such a rate, hasn't it? I, I am of uh, the particular group who remember when mobile phones first came out. And I remember having my first mobile phone in a car. And it came with a box like that that was the battery that went with it, that was in the car. And you picked it up like a big phone at home and you dialed on it. And that was a mobile phone. And if you wanted to carry it with you, you had to be very strong. And you carried around this box that you would have um, in the car. Um, that's when texts cost 20 pence to send if you sent one. And then, of course, they came down to 12 pence and then 10 pence. And now you can get bundles of 5,000 texts per month. It still astounds me that people would actually get that many. How many people here have used more than 1,000 texts in a month? I'm just looking down here. Yes, anybody? Yes. <laughs> Okay, how many of you have used more than 2,000 texts in a month? No? Yes? You use more than 2,000? My goodness gracious me. It's extraordinary, isn't it? We can now connect in all sorts of different ways uh, 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 in, in uh, this incredible um, internet generation in which we live. And that's what followed, of course, the internet, the thing that has taken off at great speed and... and um, we buy packages that allow for fast downloads and then within a year or so we're told it's not fast enough. You've got to have something much faster, a bigger broadband, a bigger tube coming into your house in some way, shape or form that enables these things to happen. And then we buy a computer, don't we? I bought myself, I bought myself a, an Apple MacBook Pro a couple of years ago and I thought this is the bee's knees, this will last me for years. And then my... My, I got one for my wife because she said I'd like one of those so we had two in the house and then my daughter said oh, I like that so she got one and then my son he said I like that he said yours is a bit out of date dad no I only just had it a little wild son it's, like, it's still new really though it's got a dent in it now I think that was my youngest daughter on her bed she's not here tonight so I can comment on that uh, 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 watching films but it, 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 he, he said oh, I've got one he's, he's bought one now that's got twice the memory. And that's much faster. I'm thinking I've only had it 18 months. And it's already out of date. We want the next thing, don't we? Internet. The internet we need to make sure that we can connect with one another. And then, of course, now it's all about iPads and iPads too, and all of those sort of things. And I'm still not quite sure about those. I think they're a toy. But um, uh, no doubt at some point we'll all be subjected to buying one. The... the, the 
the internet has actually become such an important thing in our um, society that if the internet goes down in a place of work, people walk around going, I don't know what to do now. The internet's down. I've got nothing to do because the internet's down. We can't do anything because the internet's down. It's even happened here. People were around, the internet's down. We can't do anything. We didn't have it a few years ago, and now everything is reliant upon it. Uh, And of course, so much of it is really very good. The internet can be used for communicating all sorts of really important stuff and does business around the world. And it was the internet that was used for communicating many of the Middle East issues when they began with the uprising in Egypt and uh, enabling the world to see what was going on and how things could be followed there to get world pressure uh, behind it. The thing is this, we all love connecting and being connected. But I want to take this a little bit, a little bit further this evening, a bit further than the internet, a bit further than Facebook, a bit further than Twitter, because although we may know lots of people on Facebook or lots of people on Twitter or lots of people on whatever it might be that we have, Google Plus, I don't understand that, but I think that's similar, other such things, perhaps we don't know our neighbours. Perhaps we don't know so well those closest to us. I, 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 I sit sometimes astonished when I see uh, certain people in my household who will come in having spent a day with people and go on Facebook and spend several hours talking to them again on Facebook. And I think, well, you just spoke to them today. <laughs> Couldn't you just have said what you wanted to say then and then be finished with this now? And do you really need to know this is how we do it? This is how we connect. And uh, for those, I, I'm still not quite sure about it, but on Facebook, those of you who don't know, they, they go on the right-hand side of the screen, a little list of people comes up with little green lights by them. And I've watched people have conversations with like 10 people at once, terribly quickly, going from person to person to person. Does anybody else here do that? Anybody here do that? One. Two. You're one of the ones in my home. Your name appears quite regularly. Any others? Yes, you see, yeah, you do it. Mark Tate, you do it. Yes, urchin. So we get there, we're able to do it. We connect with people in that way, but we often fail to connect with them relationally. And I want to encourage us as a church. One of the things that I talked about on Vision Night was the importance of building together, the importance of building strong community, the importance of being a family. And... Um, uh, we are all part of one family. You know, our society has had such a strong emphasis on individualism for the last two or three decades. It's all about self-expression. It's all about self-fulfillment. It's all about me. It's all about my needs and my cares and my wants and my desires. But actually what we've done in doing so is we've created a disconnected society. Not disconnected in lots of friends in particular areas. We might have lots of friends on Facebook or lots of friends on Twitter or whatever it might be. But we've we've created a fairly disconnected society where we're not necessarily in touch with people around us. Whenever I walk between my home, which is just down the road, and this church, I walk up Green Avenue. Whenever I walk up Green Avenue and someone is coming the other way, I always say, good morning. 
or good afternoon, or good evening. And so many people look so surprised. They're like, there's that weird bloke again who speaks to us. You know, and they're like, well, that's what we're supposed to do. If I send them a text, they'd probably reply. But because I speak to them, they scuttle past. And I see now there are one or two people that dive into their house when they see me coming near, <laughs> lest I speak to them. Well, we've lost something, haven't we? We've lost something of community. We lost something of the importance of being who we are together and how we are together. I don't think we're meant to live that way. I believe that we're built for a relationship with one another. At the very beginning of Genesis, in the Bible, God says this, it's not good for man to be alone. We're created for relationship and friendship. The good news for me is, I'm created to be your friend. It might be good news or not that you're created to be my friend. We're supposed to be friends together. I'm supposed to be involved in your life and you're supposed to be involved in my life. That's what community talks of. That, that actually we care for one another in a really uh, important way. Even Jesus needed friends. In fact, he did, wasn't able to complete what he completed without the friends around him. He needed his followers. And just like he needed them, we need our friends. We're not created to be alone. There are, there are some basic reasons that, we're, that we need uh, other people. We're created to live in community. There are emotional reasons because we, uh, 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 that we need one another for support and help. Mother Teresa said this, Loneliness is one of the greatest diseases on the face of the earth. This is the woman who picked up people from the gutter. This is the woman who worked with the poorest of the poor. This is the woman, woman who worked with people who are riddled with things wrong with them. And she said, one of the greatest diseases is the disease of loneliness. And you can get that in any community. You can get that anywhere in the world, the disease of loneliness. And, and actually, probably at times, they're all affected by it. You can be in a really crowded room. You can be a member of a church. And you can feel lonely. You can be in a crowd of friends and you can feel lonely. Loneliness is a, 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 a dreadful thing to have in our lives. We need to eradicate it and create community again. It's interesting that the early church saw really significant growth. And it says this of the early church. They met together daily in their homes and broke bread with glad and sincere hearts. They met together daily. There was something about being together, about actually sharing one another's lives, about connecting with one another. We love it, don't we? we love, don't we love it when we're with friends and we're with family and we talk and we share time together, we encourage one another? We love that sort of thing. We had a little meeting this afternoon with um, uh, 53, I think it is 53 men, who, or 53 people, men and women, uh, doing a, a bike ride from here to Paris in um, May. And uh, uh, just, just met for a basic meeting. Just said, this is what we're doing. This is what we're planning. This is what's going on. This is how fit you need to be. Most of us at that point went, oh dear, we're not nearly there yet. It's going to be quite difficult. But this, this is what it's all about. And actually, I just said, why don't we just say hello to those around us? That was a complete buzz in the room. We're all sitting there. Most of us are men, so we're not very good at this. We all sit there and go, anybody got any idea why this meeting's been called? You know. 
But then we start talking to people around us and all of a sudden we make new friends. All of a sudden there's relationship that's going on. And you know what? People then didn't leave at the end. They're all talking to one another. They weren't at the beginning. We all walked in silently, stood in a row, got our cup of tea, sat down and waited for someone to do something. But actually when we built, bridged the gap and make relationship, then something significant happens in our lives. That's why I, uh, we as a church go as a church together to New Wine in the summer. You know, we go together because to spend a week on holiday together is a great thing. Uh, there is worship. There is incredible teaching. There's amazing after-hours stuff. There's all sorts of stuff that goes on. It's fantastic, actually. But actually, most importantly, it's us as a family together camping in a field in Somerset. And that's where relationship happens. When we barbecue together and we share a, a glass of wine together or a beer together or a Coke or whatever it might be, relationship happens and we come back strengthened and encouraged through it. Uh, we've lost some of the sense of that today. We've become a nation of doers. We hurry from place to place, filling our lives with all, all sorts of activities. Sometimes we overschedule ourselves. And so we live life at this such pace. We're, we're all the time, we're exhausted. And actually, we're not supposed to live at that pace. We're supposed to live at a slower pace. And I want to think about that very briefly this evening, uh, relating it to us as a church family. Um, Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, describes the church family as a human body. He says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. That's us. Many parts, but one, he says. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If a foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of a body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. The thing is this, Paul is describing this. He's saying that we are all uniquely different, but we all have a unique role to play to make the body work. And he describes the church as a body because, because a body grows together and works together. And in growing together and working together, we progress together. We walk forward together. We do things together. And as we look as a family to build what we have here, we need to consider each of our roles in who we are and what we do. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you in uh, your particular role in the life of St. Paul's Church. Everybody who comes here to church has a role to play, from the youngest to the very oldest. Every one of us has a responsibility to be part of the body that works, helps it, that helps to make it work together. And, and what I was talking about on Vision Night 
was that we have to build something strong here so that we can launch from here and do stuff around the world. Do stuff across Ealing. Do stuff across London. Do stuff across the country. That we have something strong here, a launch pad from which to take ministry out to other places. And I want to encourage each of us, not just to be on the sidelines as a consumer, uh, but, but rather to be fully involved in the church family life. We are all needed. I think sometimes people can look at St. Paul's and think, you know, well, it's, it's a, a well-oiled machine. The church is running fine. You know, I turn up and the chairs are out and sound seems to be on and everything seems to be working. The truth is we're gliding along like a swan on the top, but underneath the water we're paddling furiously because we need everybody on board, everybody on board to take their role, to play their role in who we are as a church family. I was speaking with Alison Brown this week. I met with Alison. She runs the Fair Trade Stall here. And um, uh, we're actually getting a certificate. I think it's in a fortnight's time. I I can't actually remember. It's fairly soon. We're getting a certificate at St. Paul's Cathedral for being a fair trade church. That's quite good, isn't it? We're a fair trade church. Um, uh, So we'll get a a badge for that. But a certificate for that. But, But she was saying, you know, Mark, I could really do with some help on the Fair Trade Stall. Oh, maybe that's something that's really important to you. And maybe you think, well, I, I could help on the fair trade store. I could help run that. Just That justice issue is important to me. Because what we'd really love, and what we'd love to work towards, is not having a fair trade store. Because everybody buys fair trade all the time in the supermarkets. Because that's really how to make it happen. But in the meantime, we'll keep running it, to keep highlighting it, and keep letting people know it's really important that we, as a church community, as Christians together, choose to do fair trade. There's a a need for help in the children's work, those who want to invest in that next generation. Um, There's a need to help in some of the youth work, the youth work that happens on a uh, Wednesday night or a Friday night or a Sunday night or a Sunday morning. And by offering our gifts, we can make a huge difference in somebody's life. One of the ministries that I highlighted on Vision Night was the Ministry of Welcome. You know, the first two minutes somebody walks through the door is really important in uh, someone's life. Those first two minutes of whether someone's going to say hello or not. And uh, uh, we do okay, but I think we could do better. We could do better. Uh, Barry Hingston worked out that we have on average 10 visitors a week. That's 500 visitors a year. If we grew by 500 a year... We'd really have space problems, wouldn't we? We wouldn't be able to have those sails up. We'd be full from back to front. In fact, I don't know what we do. We'd probably have to move all the chairs and have beanbags right throughout. But, you know, we'd, we'd have problems. Maybe not for everybody. Hey, Madeline. But, but you know, that would be, be, that we, we create space problems. We could do that if we focused on our welcome. We're looking for people to get on board and say, I'd love to be on the welcome team. I'm prepared to come early once or twice a month to make sure that I'm here, make sure that things are set up, make sure that I'm there on the door to greet people, to say hello, and to welcome people who come new or for the first time, and to show them how, where to come in, where to sit, where the toilets are, how to get a coffee, to say, yes, it's okay to sit down in your seat with a coffee and a donut, that's what we do here, and to ensure that people are welcomed and part of who we are as a church family. Obviously, we don't want to over-welcome people and smother people, but, but we can say... If you'd like to know a little bit more, if you like who we are, then we'd love to tell you a little bit more about us 
as a church family because we'd love it if you join us. We'd love it if you'd consider adding to our family. And the exciting thing about that is every time somebody joins this church and gets involved in a ministry, the church changes shape slightly. There's another bit of the body added. Do you see that? Every time someone says, not just attends, but every time someone says, yes, I want to belong, I'm going to volunteer in a ministry, I'm going to become part of who this church is, then our body changes shape slightly. And you, you bring your unique gifting that God has created you to be to this church family to help us do what we are able to do. And we do it together. I get really excited when I think of what we do. You know, I, 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 think, I think literally of, the, of, of several thousand children in India who are in school today because of the ministry that we got going out there. 21 church pastors in northern India and Bihar, we pay their salaries to help them run their churches and help run schools out there. That comes out of this little church. There's the work that Dave and Jenny do in Pakistan. There's the work that uh, Becker and Henny do in Kenya. There's the work that Jill is doing in Bangladesh. There's the work that goes on locally with the homeless and the uh, crisis pregnancy center and and, and Beesum, and so the list goes on. These are all important things that we're able to do together. And as we do these things together, we can really make a difference. Paul likened the church to a body because he says it's really important that we work together in harmony. And I think if we choose to throw ourselves in and get behind what God is doing this year, then we really can grow in harmony and see this church grow together. And we can ensure that our impact, not just here, but further afield, really is an impact that makes a difference, that makes some waves. So like Matt and LZ7 song, I've, I've never heard of LZ7 before. Has anybody ever heard of LZ7? No, yeah? You have, Matt. Yeah, he's a bit cool dude there. Yeah, LZ7, I'd never heard of LZ7 before. I know Matt. I know Matt. Together, together, we're trying to make this happen. I tweeted him this afternoon. I said, we're, we're um, uh, getting a mailing going out this week. Or it won't be a mailing, of course. We don't send letters anymore. We're selling emails, but we get an email out to 28,000 people. We can do that through our database here, through New Wine. 28,000 people to say, buy this song next Monday. You, do you know, we really could make it number one in the charts. I think that's making a difference. Don't you? I think we could do that. We could do that. Uh, 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 Chris, Chris said, you know, potentially between us lot, we could pass the message on to others, 300 people. We'll play it again next Sunday, remind you of the importance of it, and say, why don't you spend 99p or 89p if you're broken, you go through Amazon, and, and, and get download it, and then pass it to your friend. No, don't pass it to your friend. Tell your friend to buy it as well. Spend 99p on this. Get this song down on your smartphone or whatever it is you've got and let's see if we can make a big shout about those in sexual slavery in our country i don't believe that we can be all that god wants us to be and grow into all that he wants us to be without being attached to his body the church i think that that is one of the most important connections that we can make in life now one one of the things that is a, a repetitive refrain in the new testament is the words one another. 
caring for one another, loving one another, supporting one another. I looked it up on the computer. It's used 58 times. And it says this, we're to love one another, care for one another, encourage one another, support one another, give to one another, help one another. I won't quote all 58 of them, but you get the picture. It's all about one another. And he says, if you can get it together and work together as one body, then you really can make a difference. It is that mutual ministry that you have in the family of God, which is what it means to be a member of the family, that we actually make a difference by not being a spectator, but by by being a participator. And as we seek to go stronger as a church family this year, I want to encourage everybody in this church to say, I'll pick up my bit. I'll offer to do my bit. I'll, I'll, I'll make my bit of the body work well to see God's kingdom come, both here and we know from what we do here, further afield to make a difference in this nation. Is that okay? Let's stand together, shall we?